0: Great software doesn't just save you time, it gets you back to what really matters, caring for your patients. Tissue Analytics, a net health company, has been proven to create meaningful efficiencies and precision with each wound documented within our system. Let our industry-leading wound care platform put advanced technology in your hands. Visit us today at www.nethealth.com or call 800 411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 -411 6281. Welcome back to Speaking of Wounds, a podcast by the Wound Care Learning Network. I'm your moderator, Kat Ransky, Assistant Digital Editor of Wound Care Learning Network. We have a special guest with us today, Kevin Keenahan, Senior Vice President of Business Development at NetHealth. Thank you for joining us today, Kevin. Thanks for having me. So we're going to just jump right in. And the first question is Can you tell me about your professional background and how tissue analytics got started?
1: Absolutely. Thank you for the question. Uh, So I am a biomedical engineer by training, but uh, me and my co-founders started Tissue Analytics right out of grad school. So I sort of immediately jumped into uh, this entrepreneurial role. I was the co-founder and the CEO of Tissue Analytics. We spun out of a really cool program at Johns Hopkins University called the Center for Bioengineering Innovation and Design, or CBID, as uh, as it's known. And the idea behind CBIT is really cool. It pairs young engineering students with physicians in a hospital setting and sort of just tells that group of people to go and identify important unmet needs in medicine. Uh, A lot of the the work behind this model first came from this program at Stanford called the Biodesign Program. Um, So it's really well established. There's a very formalized methodology for sort of interviewing stakeholders identifying unmet clinical needs, and then starting to build a you know, solution landscape around those problems. So me and my, my co-founders had the opportunity to see some incredible clinicians all around Hopkins Hospital, um, you know, number one hospital in the country. So we got to see cardiothoracic surgery and surgical oncology and neurosurgery and all these you know, extremely advanced fields. Um, and we decided to do actually uh, an elective rotation in the wound care clinic where we first sort of uh, saw how wound care is practiced today, we saw how clinicians uh, document wounds, we saw how difficult it was for them to communicate outcomes between different care settings, and certainly communicate outcomes to the patient themselves. Um, So we saw it was just a perfect space to start to categorize needs and start to to, uh, solve some of these problems using our, our engineering backgrounds.
0: Wow. It's really great that you guys saw an opportunity and took it to help wound care evolve. What did the product offer when tissue analytics started out as a company to the wound care space?
1: Well, when we first started to uh, classify different needs in the outpatient clinics and and the hospital, to some degree, the inpatient facility, we really looked at a few different aspects of the problem. The first uh, was just how clinical outcomes are being assessed for wound care. Um, So clinicians, you know, traditionally, measure wounds using the, the, the ruler method, they'll measure the, the length of the wound, they'll measure the width, they'll probe for the depth, they'll multiply all that together to get a volume. And uh, from an engineering point of view, what you're what you're doing when you do that is you're essentially inscribing a box uh, around a wound. So you're taking this really organic shape and you're, you're putting a, either a two-dimensional or a three-dimensional box around it. So typically you're overestimating the size of the wound. And it's also really difficult to get precise measurements. So there's pretty significant uh, inter-rater variability when um, you have different clinicians measure the same wound. Uh, and then in addition to that, the ruler usually introduces um, about a 45% error rate just because you're boxing the wound. So you have this, this variability that's anywhere from 15 up to 50%. Uh, and then you have this sort of intrinsic measurement error of about 45%. So that was the core problem that we, that we wanted to solve initially. And I'll go into a moment, uh, the first version of the product and how we solved that, but we also saw a sort of a bunch of satellite problems around that core outcome measurement issue. We saw it was really difficult for clinicians to communicate documentation between the home health setting and the outpatient clinic. And mind you, at Hopkins, these were all technically part of the same organization. This was Hopkins Home Health Group, the Hopkins Outpatient Clinic, and the Hopkins Hospital And so you'd expect these all to be one seamless seamless continuum, but they end up do being a little bit disjointed because of how uh, electronic medical records work. But just taking that first problem, just around wound measurement, the solution that we first came up with was very, very simple at its core. The idea was to use smartphone photographs and a computer vision algorithm to automatically document the wound size. And once you have very precise measurements that are output from this computer vision system, uh, it's, it's sort of trivial just to, to measure the uh, variability and, and sort of track that wound precisely as time goes on. Um, but the hard part of it is building the actual computer vision algorithm. So we had to amass a pretty sizable data set of images uh, just to get enough data to even start training these systems. And then we had to, to annotate all that data to develop a ground truth so that we could actually compare how effective our algorithms are. Uh, but at the end of the day, we did end up with a very precise, um, a very accurate system that allows clinicians to take a photograph of a wound uh, and then have the software automatically generate the measurement. So uh, we were very excited by that because it really allows us to do two things. Not just do we provide better quality data to clinicians but we also can speed up their workflow because they no longer have to even, you know, try to measure a wound manually. They can just snap a photo and all that documentation happens automatically.
0: Yeah, it sounds like a really complex uh, process that you really help simplify uh, for clinicians so that they can have more accurate results to help wound healing. So how has the product evolved from the start of tissue analytics to the company it has grown into today?
1: Absolutely. I, I think what we realized for the first few years of the company is that, you know, that core uh, computer vision algorithm is is really the the kernel of the system. It's kind of the heart of tissue analytics. But in order to be the type of company that we wanted to be, we really had to find a really valuable uh, commercial model and, and position in the broader health IT ecosystem or health information technology ecosystem, which kind of Takes us to solving that second second big problem, which is communicating data across the continuum. That that's kind of the holy grail. You know, you, you need some standardized way of just you know easily and accurately measuring outcomes um, to even try to solve the you know the continuum problem in a big way. So you sort of you, you need that as a prerequisite. But the hard part about solving that problem is you have to work with all of these big electronic medical record companies that tend to not like working with third parties. And the big ones that we kind of set our sights on were Epic, Cerner, Allscripts, and a system that used to be called Wound Expert that's now called NetHealth Care. Um, so for the first couple of years of the company, we really just were beating our head against the walls of these big players and trying to um, let us uh, deliver our analytics inside these other systems. Um, to varying degrees of success. Um, One of our big breakthroughs was how this uh, new integration standard called uh, Smart on Fire allowed us or allowed any third-party developers to really develop high-quality integrations and and ideally embedded integrations into these bigger systems that typically wouldn't work with smaller players. um, Or if they did, it would only be on a a sort of a local client-to-client level. These Fire-based integrations Really opened up these bigger EMRs and allow us to validate applications and and validate workflows on a corporate level so that the amount of client work that that goes into going live is significantly reduced. Now, the one interesting thing about this EMR space is that arguably the biggest player in the space at that time was Wound Expert, now called NetHealth Wound Care. Uh, And now they have the vast majority of the outpatient clinics uh, using specialized, you know, the specialized. EMR system, whether they're what they're managed by management companies or independent. Um, so for for many many years, you know, we tried to do an integration with this company, and uh, just through you know the the traditional process, you know, EMRs just being sort of difficult to to do these integrations with, um, it wasn't possible. But a year ago, uh, almost to the week, um, we were acquired by NetHealth. So once we've once we have sort of become part of of NetHealth, Uh, we've had, you know, full access to, um, you know, the last big EMR, really, that we needed to work with. And we have arguably our best integration with NetHealth wound care now. Um, And so we're in a very, very good position to kind of fully realize that vision of linking all of these different pieces of the continuum. And there's now really no major gaps in the hospital space. We have great connections with these inpatient EMRs. And we have great, you know, connections now with the dominant outpatient EMR. And it's really just a matter of, you know, continuing to scale, continue to get into new hospitals. Um, But I do see that really from the beginning, that was the second phase of growth of the company was connecting with these different systems, providing all that really high quality measurement into these bigger systems. uh, And then, you know, just start to start to link up inpatient and outpatient. So a patient can be followed seamlessly.
0: So you mentioned that Tissue Analytics now works with NetHealth, uh, wound care, Epic, Cerner, and Allscripts. Does Tissue Analytics integrate differently between those four EHR systems?
1: Yes, definitely. And it's really it's really uh, a byproduct of how each of those different systems has implemented the Fire Standard. Uh, so there's the, the Fire Standard is basically designed to be a standard to make it uh, very. To, uh, to do rapid integrations with fire capable EMRs. And it's, it's a standard that HL7 produces, which is this big, um, you know, uh, sort of um, body in the health IT space that publishes a lot of standards and maintains different standards. Um, and uh, different EMRs have implemented uh, different amounts of Fire. So Fire is this really comprehensive standard. Most EMRs have only implemented maybe about half of it. And it's the half of it that lets third parties Read data from those systems. So, the way that we write data can really vary EMR to EMR. And and this is getting a little bit technical, maybe. So, just to take a step back, the uh, highest quality integration that a vendor like Tissue Analytics can do is actually to fully embed that system inside an EMR so that when a clinician goes to do their wound assessment or goes to do their wound measurements, they don't even necessarily leave. Epic, Cerner, Allscripts, NetHealth, wound care. The goal here is for them to stay inside that system as a completely native experience. Um, we, we found that switching between different systems can cause quite a bit of friction. It also adds to the workflow. And our goal here is to streamline the workflow as much as possible. We don't want to streamline to some degree, but make a couple aspects of the workflow more difficult. We don't want it to be a two steps forward, one step back situation. We want it to be only you know two steps forward or three steps forward, um, so it means we have to be really kind of cognizant about what we can do inside each system. Um, but all of those EMRs, Epic, Cerner, Allscripts, even even some handful a handful of other ones like Athena Health, we can do very high quality bidirectional integrations where TA is largely embedded, so that a clinician never even has to leave um, you know their their sort of main system. That they're spending unfortunately. You know, a quarter or more of their day just typing out documentation, and our goal really is just to, in uh, as big a way as we can, reduce the amount of documentation that they do inside that system and give them more time with with patients.
0: How does your deployment differ between inpatient and outpatient? Then
1: that's a that's a fantastic question. Um, I think that the the workflows can vary a little bit between inpatient and outpatient, and I think the value proposition can differ pretty significantly between inpatient and outpatient. Outpatient certainly is where you know the specialists are and where the volume of wound care patients are. So in the outpatient clinic, I would say it's probably m- most important really to just focus on saving clinicians time um, and also providing clinicians the ability to do wound documentation in the form that's most efficient and most uh, most rapid for them. Because again, clinicians are spending a quarter of their day, um, half their day, sometimes just typing out documentation, and usually less than a quarter of their day face-to-face with patients. And, you know, most most clinicians probably aren't getting into the the field, you know, to spend half their day just typing out documentation in an EMR. They're spending it to to spend with patients. So we want to sort of flip that ratio. So with outpatient clinics, we really focus on streamlining their wound assessment, automating as much of it as possible, and getting that data exactly in the right place in the EMR so that they don't have to go and you know, sort of click you know, seven different pages inside Epic or Cerner and you know, figure out exactly where, where things should go. We want to get that data to exactly the right point and make sure that we can deliver a time savings um, in the outpatient clinic. Time savings you know, in outpatient clinics would typically mean they're able to see more patients, Or alternatively, they're able to spend more time with the patient that that they're already seeing. Inpatient is really interesting, though, because inpatient, we typically plug into hospital acquired uh, pressure injury prevention programs or sometimes just pressure injury prevention programs. And the trick with these these pressure injury prevention programs is really to ensure that we're documenting all patients who are coming into the hospital with wounds and specifically pressure injuries um, within a very short period of time so that hospitals don't accidentally get hit with a hospital-acquired pressure injury when perhaps that patient actually came in and that could have been uh, documented as a community-acquired pressure injury or uh, you know pressure injury present upon admission. We find that most hospitals typically have some, some sort of hospital-acquired pressure injury prevention program, but there's always more that you can do in terms of implementing best practices, tracking how effective those best practices are, or training additional personnel on how to do uh, basic you know, wound assessment and, and wound surveillance photography. Um, so typically what we'll do is we'll implement a couple different workflows. We'll have a very simple workflow for the bedside nurses, Um, because they're also, you know, they're extremely busy. We don't want to add much to their plate. We just want to make sure that they're taking a photograph of the wound, getting the measurements, doing some basic documentation, maybe a quick assessment of drainage, um, all so that that's in the medical record, uh, you know, within 12 or 24 hours of admission. Um, Then we want to make sure that that data is getting to the right uh, wound care team internally so that wound care team, whenever they're in the hospital next, can add that patient to their wound rounds and make sure that they're doing a full wound consult as quickly as possible. But inpatient, it's much more important uh, or the most important aspect, I would say, is to make sure that you're documenting those pressure injuries or even, you know, skin damage, moisture associated dermatitis, deep tissue injuries, certainly um, even just patients who are at a high risk for developing pressure injuries. Most important to make sure that you're documenting those in the OR or the ED or wherever the patient is coming um, as quickly as possible just to have that um, have that in the medical record.
0: The future of wound care is expanding, especially with um, this new technology that you guys are sharing. Um, where do you think wound care information technology is going in the future and how will it change the way we do things today?
1: That's also a, a fantastic question. Thank you for that. I, I think it's really exciting to see the sort of proliferation of additional advanced imaging functionality that's in the market today. I think in the past few years, we've seen just a ton of companies uh, identify, you know, really novel imaging modalities that provide clinicians with new data points that we couldn't have even really have imagined when we first started tissue analytics. When we first started TA, we were looking at just, you know, visible light imaging, just taking a photo and and extracting uh, measurements from that photo. Uh, and and certainly, as time went on, we added some things like depth, which do look at you know, which does use video to measure depth from a wound rather than just you know, two dimensional photograph. But you know, since then, we've seen some really cool companies doing you know, hyperspectral imaging and and um, you know, near infrared imaging and infrared imaging and um, you know, imaging that uses that uses uh, fluorescent wavelength as well um, that measures autofluorescence of bacteria. So there's just a lot of really cool stuff that I think is going to provide clinicians with really novel data points that they're going to use to make better clinical decisions. And the, the question will be for me is, is how do all those new vendors connect into the workflow so that we're not asking clinicians to double document, even if it's as simple as you know double documenting a patient name or downloading a PDF and uploading it into the, into the medical record. Clinicians are just spending so much time in front of screens these days. It's really a shame if any of that work has to be um, done manually because that's you know three extra clicks in their workflow, five extra clicks in the workflow, and that really takes its toll. So we've been really lucky at Tissue Analytics and Net Health to be able to offer uh, hooks into these EMRs, and you know mostly. Um, through, through tissue analytics, but offer uh, the ability for third parties to send in data so that we're not really you know, adding um, tasks to, to the clinicians. I also think um, sort of a secondary area is there's just a lot of really exciting work in the pure data analysis space that's happening in wound care. Um, and one of the first things we did after the acquisition was really get serious about how we're applying predictive analytics to the space and thinking through how clinicians are going to interact with that and ultimately how, you know, clinical decisions can be driven by better predictive modeling. The cool thing is at NetHealth, uh, there's a massive, massive data set of, you know, decades worth of of patient outcomes. So it's really the perfect sort of raw materials to start building predictive models. And the team has been working super diligently for, you know, well over a year at this point to, to launch predictive models That, um, you know, hopefully we'll make predictions about things like healing time and product efficacy and amputation risk that I think will be just completely game changing for the the industry moving forward. Um, At the end of the day, though, we really will just have to strike a balance. We want to provide clinicians with insights, but we also cannot go over that 50% documentation mark. We have to do everything we can to, to lower that as much as possible.
0: Yeah, that sounds like it's going to be really amazing when those game-changing things, you know, become more widely available, and I can't wait to see how that future um, continues to expand, especially in this uh, this field. So, Kevin, what attracted you to wound care?
1: Wound care is a very interesting market. I, I think uh, what really attracted us is just the sort of direct impact that you can have on, on patients, and also how... Um, Underserved isn't isn't the right word necessarily because I think there's incredible talent in the wound care industry and there's there's great companies, but the traditional pathway uh, for biomedical en- engineers is typically to go and work in you know a a uh, really big area like um, you know electrophysiology or radiology and you know go and work at a company like Medtronic or you know go and work at at um, Philips or do medical imaging work if you go into industry at all. So wound care was just this sort of exciting area where, you know, you can take a product to market very quickly and ha- start having an impact right away on sort of the, the patients themselves. The real reason me and my co-founders got into wound care was because we saw a wet to dry dressing change in the ICU at Hopkins. And the patient was just in so much pain. Um, you know, the, they, they were doing, they were packing a deep wound, you know, with the with the wet gauze and and we saw that patient right as the gauze was being ripped out. And it just seemed like really an area where there's, um, you know, there's, there's just different levels of, of care between different care settings. And, and we just thought that there is a way that we can use it in a really smart way to kind of break down some silos and, and hopefully um, you know, have an impact on the way that patients are being are treated. And and in hindsight, I'm, I'm really glad that we did enter wound care because I think that uh, the timing was great with some of these new fire standards. And I think we're gonna see that trend um, of sort of finding a local problem that can be solved with some type of artificial intelligence, machine learning, whether it be natural language processing or computer vision, using Fire to quickly build solutions and, and validate them and get them uh, deployed inside these, these uh, large EMR systems. And then ultimately just you know have, have an impact on on patient care, whether it be providing more quality outcome data or automating the workflow or providing novel data points. Have been very, very glad to work with a bunch of you know incredible clinicians in, in the wound care industry. And I'm very glad that we entered in this space.
0: How did you decide which problem to pursue in wound care?
1: Really the, the way that we decided to build a solution like tissue analytics was just based on our background, um, you know, I I was a biomedical engineer that focused in sensors and instrumentation, and my co-founder, our future chief technology officer, Josh Budman, was also trained as a biomedical engineer with a focus on medical imaging. So we were probably always going to come at this problem from um, something that's more IT-based. You know, there's a lot of awesome new products that have come out, you know, around the same time we started tissue analytics, which was in 2014, and tons that have come out after, uh, but it, it wasn't really in our skill set, I'd say, to, to bring a new therapeutic or bring a new, um, you know, physical medical device to market. It is interesting, though, that tissue analytics is actually a medical device. We are um, we are a, registered with the FDA as a, as a surgical camera, and um, whenever we add new analytics functionality, we do have to be um, mindful of the guidance documentation that's out there for how mobile medical applications are regulated. Um, uh, But we, we did sort of just look at, we always looked at all the problems around wound care from an IT angle. And, you know, the, the two most obvious for us were really just how to, how we're tracking outcomes and how we're communicating those outcomes across the continuum. But certainly speaking to, you know, younger companies, companies earlier in their process, there are, you know, there are many, many other other areas that are absolutely worth um, worth looking at outside that that realm.
0: And how did some of your early customers respond to the product when it was first launched?
1: Well, when we first launched tissue analytics, we did, we were really only focused on that first element of the problem. We were look, we were focused on automatically measuring wounds. And we certainly knew that it was important to do an epic integration or to do, you know, a net health wound care integration. Um, but it just it takes a lot of time for those the, for those integrations to happen, and it takes even longer for those integrations to really mature. Doing a first Epic integration is a, certainly a huge accomplishment, but it takes a long time to really scale the organization to be able to consistently do Epic integrations. Um, this is true mostly for, you know, every EMR. Every EMR has, has its own flavors. So it takes a while for those things to really mature. Um, but uh we were not at that point uh, yet, so we we had a mobile application where you could uh, collect patient names and collect wound locations and co- uh, collect wound photographs. We would automatically measure those photographs, and then you could collect sort of a limited set of wound observations or wound documentation, so that's things like drainage, pain, odor, you know peri wound, wound bed assessment, things like that. Um, and then in addition to that, we had the web portal where clinicians could log in, they could track all their wounds, they could figure out, you know, what the big picture trends are, they could do some reporting. But it was largely separate from the EMR. And I I think in in a lot of ways, tissue analytics growth was determined by uh, the questions we were getting from these early clients. Um, Everyone wanted us to do depth and to automatically measure depth. And everyone always wanted us to not just have a decent integration with their EMR, but really have a perfect, you know, very close embedded integration with their EMR. Um, so we, we just focused on those two things. We, uh, in earnest, you know, worked, worked very hard to make sure that we had all, all those features and that we had first, um, you know, beta customers with, with all these EMRs, Epic Cerner, um, Allscripts, et cetera. I will say we were, we're extremely grateful to have worked with Intermountain Healthcare very early in our life cycle, probably starting in, in um, the middle of 2015. Intermountain is a very well-respected Cerner partner. They're a very close partner with Cerner. Um, they have a, a very, very high-level version of Cerner that they use across their system. Um, so we're very fortunate to be able to work with Intermountain, to be able to embed our product inside Cerner. And from there, it was, it was much easier, I would say, to take that to other, uh, other Cerner customers.
0: That makes a lot of sense. And, you know, with all that coming, you know, from you and all of your knowledge, you obviously have to have some advice um, for clinicians without IT backgrounds when looking at IT vendors. So what advice would you give them?
1: Absolutely. I, I think the IT space can be really challenging. For, for everyone really you know whether you're in IT or, or out of it because a lot of these integrations are really a moving target and there's a lot of noise in the space as well not just not just from wound care imaging vendors or you know wound care um, imaging systems or wound care documentation systems but really just uh, IT in general uh, epic is a great example of this epic launched their app orchard which is which is the way that they've sort of uh, um, publicly opened up their their fire apis or their you know their fire the way that you use fire to interact with their system and i think within probably six months they had 200 vendors on that system now they probably have closer to 400 Um, so there's just a lot of different people uh, trying to do emr integrations and and talking about emr integrations Um, there's even third parties you can use as kind of an intermediary between a vendor and or between a a small third-party vendor and the EMR vendor themselves. Um, I found that it's it's most important to when you're looking at an IT vendor is to, to focus very heavily on references um, because there's so many different ways you can, you can talk to Epic or, or communicate data and read and write data to Epic. There's so many different ways, so many different models you can do that with Cerner, but they're definitely not all created equal and it can be really difficult to tease out the benefit that that uh, you're providing to clinicians. And also if that client really is, um, you know, taking some steps backwards. Uh, We we really don't want any of our integrations to be a net positive. We only want, you know, sort of a gross positive in these cases. So the best way to do that is really just to talk to to references, ask the client, not just for one reference, ask them for a few references. Pre-COVID, we used to always really, really encourage um, on-site references as well. So we would host sort of, a, we'd ask our, our current customers if they'd be open to hosting delegations and we'd have, you know, groups of prospects come on site and really, really, really get a good, a good sense of how these workflows um, are deployed in, in, you know, a real life clinical setting. Um, but certainly if, if, uh, if you are looking at a vendor, most important is to talk to their current customers, talk to as many current customers as possible really get a sense of how they're working with the vendor, how they like the vendor, how the product integrates. Um, it's going to be much easier to, to sort of make that workflow real when you talk to uh, you know, a handful of their customers.
0: Definitely makes sense. And I think that's some really great advice. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience?
1: Um, no, I, I would just like to really thank everyone who was involved in tissue analytics journey. You know, we had about a six year journey or so from the time that the company was started to the time that it's been acquired. Uh, so many people played, you know, just crucial roles in in that process. And, and ultimately, you know, it's it's uh, it ended up at a fantastic place with the acquisition. Excuse me, by NetHealth. Um, NetHealth also has a great group of, of people um, and great you know, companies that they've even acquired Sense Tissue Analytics. So uh, Point Right and Casamba are two acquisitions that have been a- announced in the last year or so. But we um, we just celebrated the one-year anniversary of the acquisition um, on uh, April 21st. Um, so we've been with the company for, for over a year now. And I can honestly say I'm more excited than ever to see where the company is going, where the tissue analytics product is going. And, you know, most, most exciting certainly is how uh, predictive modeling and and widespread analytics is really going to have an impact on the space.
0: Wow. Well, that was a great discussion and we'd love to talk more, but sadly we're out of time. Thank you to the listeners for tuning in and be sure to check out woundcarelearningnetwork.com for more podcast articles and videos on various topics in wound care. Also be sure to subscribe to our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, or where you normally listen to your podcasts. We hope you tune into our next podcast and thank you for listening to Speaking of Wounds. Thank you so much, Kevin.